You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. Fatit Empire, a powerful thalassocracy that presides over the Indonesian archipelago. By order of King Hayam Rurik and his vizier, the great Gajah Mada, you have set across the sea to expand the mandala of the Mashafahit through commerce and diplomacy. You and your fellow nobles have recently arrived on the remote island of Buru, eager to earn your place in history. Here, you will dispatch explorers to survey, trade, and honor the spirits of the island. Through these actions, you can win over Buru's residence and ultimately the king himself. Welcome to Tabletop Arcanum. This is Justin. And Mindy. And today, we bring you a special preview review of an upcoming Kickstarter called Buru. This is from Crafty Games and is designed by Stephen Seligo and Alex Flagg. No MSRP for it, but it does play one to four players base game, ages 12 and up, 60 to 75 minutes. And there's a little caveats and asterisks all over that because we'll get into that at the end. But overall, they were kind enough to send us a relatively finished review prototype. Um, not necessarily final product quality, but art and a lot of that was already in place, plus most of the rules were already in place. It really felt like a complete game for us to actually be able to review. So, Mindy, as always, we will start with you, and we will always start with first impressions. So, Buru, out of the box, what did you think? I was actually really impressed by it. It's got a really nice color palette to it. Very purple, blue, orangey color, but not overly bright, kind of... I don't want to say dull, but like a nice warm color feeling to it. A very shore feeling, I guess, <laughs> especially during winter. <laughs> but it has a really nice feel to it. All the board and the pieces, they felt really good, especially for being like a prototype. They were good quality and really good size for most all of them. It was something on the shelf that I would see. I would want to pick it up. I would want to read it and see about it. How about for you? Very first thing, yeah, you hit it right off. It has great shelf look. It's a game that will call out to someone who's looking at it saying, hey, look at me. Fun, interesting thing is it can be put in two different ways upright because the graphic on the front itself is actually flippable. So Buru is red one way and if you put the box on the sound, it also says Buru. Kind of gives you like this nice like symmetrical feeling to it. Throughout the game, everything has a lot of symmetry. The other thing I really appreciate about this is it is that midway Euro game. It's worker placement with bidding, but not auctioning. So you're bidding to see who gets priority actions in different zones on the board with your workers, and then one worker gets left behind and they produce resources for you too. So like everything you do in the game is like this beautiful importance, and every choice you make has that nice level of importance to it. And so as a first impression, it came off very clean. Another really good first impression I had off of this one specifically was the layout of the regions, the boards, and the icons looks and the graphic layout and the rule book layout and everything just kind of where you expect it to be. It's not expected like, oh, this is tried and true, but it felt natural and it felt like this is how it should be. And when I turn the page in the rule book, it's the next set of rules I expect to see there. 
So Mindy, with first impressions out of the way, we got some games of Buru in. What does Buru do well? What are the shining points that you would like to call out on this one? I think it does well that like once you've got, you know, your rules in place and you've got everything going, it definitely flows. It flows on the board. You're going around in your sections, kind of going through everything. So I think that is great. I think it does great at kind of pinning you against each other, but not too much. I know we played two players, so you a lot more options than if you played with four player, but I don't think you would ever feel like you can't do anything. I think it just flows really well is what it does, and it kind of gives you that, like, I can keep moving. Maybe I don't know exactly what I want to do, but, like, you never quite know if you're going to be successful on what you want to do. <laughs> so, like, it kind of pushes you to go through it, but you got to be a little flexible as well. What points do you think it does well? You call out some good ones. Those are what I look for in a good Euro game. There are player interactions in this because you're looking at necessarily a hey, take that sort of method, but maybe trying to outmaneuver and outplay each other on a relatively even starting playing field. I don't feel any one player can truly run away with the game in any blowout sense where you don't feel like you can catch up at any particular point. Now, end of round five when the game's coming to a close maybe that's where like i don't know if i'm going to be able to pull this off but that early to mid game if someone has a really good first round it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be out of the game you might be able to rally in round two round three or round four still one of the other things i really do enjoy especially the rule book layout is exactly what it needs to be in the order of it needs to be this is a midweight game that would be a euro game i would possibly give after your first gateway game like I feel like this is on the lighter side of midweight where non-gamers potentially could pick this up because of how well the rule book is laid out. There's some terminology and things like that which I think might damage it, but honestly the rule book is laid out in a smart way and I love it for that. Another thing I really like about Buru is the flow. This is a game that you're constantly kind of doing something. And well, the worker placement style bidding is around the table of like, you go, I go, you go, I go sort of thing. Once we get past that phase, which is still relatively fast, even if you had a full four player game, you know, you're only placing one at a time and you just kind of keep popping around. With that being said, when you go to reveal each region and do the actions of each region, it's all right, reveal, and again, start one from the emissary player who had controls the first player marker. What are you doing? What was the next player doing? What's the third player doing? What's the fourth player doing? All right, we're done with that region. Next region, and like it just keeps snapping together where there's no downtime between turns. It's not like I'm managing my entire turn while you're sitting there waiting. I do a little quick action, you do a little quick action. I do a little quick action, you do a little quick action. And we just kind of keep going back and forth like that but i don't feel like there's any moment in this game that you're really disengaged from which is also very important in a game to me i've played games where i've waited 15 30 minutes before i get to do something again to the game and that's not fun so we've said some good things about buru what are some opportunities or things that just didn't necessarily hit well with you one of the things i think could be a little bit better and it's just one of the regions like you don't have a lot of cards you cycle them or whatever which is fine but i feel like we had to cycle them even playing two players so i think on the forest area having a couple more cards would be good i can't imagine doing that with four players and like how often do you have to shuffle those and redistribute them but overall the options of that area were really great so you know i don't know how you add more cards with the correct amount of options that you need <laughs> 
So there were a good number of cards for the Islanders and I just feel like maybe there could have been a little bit different type of Islanders, some a little better than others, I don't know. I think the Islanders, once you get them, like and you're going into placing them for working, you're limited on how many you can place for working. And I think that kind of became a little bit of an issue if you don't quite get the right cards to monopolize your workers. Occasionally, you know, I'd have a card that would allow me to do another worker, but when you're only allowed to do three workers or two workers total of those Islanders, then, you know, you gotta be selective and everything. But I think those are my two main ones. I think the real one is at the end, kind of hiding some of your points and two different points that you can get when you're doing certain things and both those are hidden. So I think that's where it kind of, for me, is like, I don't know how well I'm actually doing until the end. <laughs> and I think that's my one big problem is I'm not good at looking at it and being like, okay, I'm really here because I've got all these extra points. So I think those are the few things that I think it could do better. What do you think it could do better? a small little thing i think you would only really go through the force deck once no matter pretty much what number of players you're playing maybe twice with max players the one little thing i would probably wish is in a two-player game it goes for five rounds it's three cards per round but there's only 14 cards in the forest deck so you have to shuffle and deal one additional card out and if it was 15 cards in that deck i don't know it just would feel better in that small little world without looking at like the spread of options in those 14 cards maybe there really isn't one to that upset the balance of the deck itself that was just like one of those like as we were playing in two-player modes like dang it there's that one card i have to shuffle in the last round because otherwise you know i wouldn't have to shuffle the deck we would just cycle through one whole deck and be done not a huge thing not like oh my god this game is unplayable because of that it's just one of those like it would be a nice little quality of life feature to have that one more card there now the big thing that you hit on that i agree with is the hidden points at the end you have elders which are like scored based on kind of like a secret objective and they're one to three points i have no problem with those being sacred it was the tribute to the island spirits that are a little bit heavier points and that's a little bit too much swing and a little too much secret in those when combined with the elders i think if one or the other was more public it'd be fine i don't feel the elders would be public because they're literally your goals people can then try to like oh you're trying to get this type of islander let me buy those ahead of you so that you don't get them that's not what i'm looking for i'm just looking for more knowing where you are in the game and knowing a little bit better where you stack against other players on the score track now you can kind of have an idea based on how many times people tribute but in a high count full player game that's going to be a little bit harder to track it doesn't necessarily make the game unbearable i think it would be a little bit nicer to score those points as you tribute them it would be it would be nice to see like oh i really need to work on contributing more you know getting more cards or trying to be first in that section so that I can actually, you know, tribute to two gods instead of one or something, you know? Right. So overall, those are our largest things that we saw that like, hmm, maybe not. It is a Euro game, so it does have a theme on it, but that's not like the driving mechanics behind it, much like American style board games typically are. It's really mechanics first, theme is more of a paint coat, and it feels that way, and that's all right. Now, if you're not a Euro gamer, that's going to feel a little bit weird because you're like, I'm placing these workers, why am I doing this? There is a little bit to it in the fact that you're nobles sending out your diplomats, recruiting islanders, paying tribute to this island spirits, 
So it's all there. There just isn't like a narrative that you're really following beyond that. And that's okay. If that's not your sort of game, Guru may not be the game for you. However, if this does sound enticing, I would definitely check out the Kickstarter from Crafty. They are going up in March for that. And we will be sharing the link on our social media so that you can just follow us and we will let you know when that Kickstarter goes live. Also, if you follow Crafty or on Facebook, the Buru Facebook group, they will be blasting and over-communicating when it goes live there, too. I'm actually pretty excited for this one because I think this is a fun game with a just complex enough rule set to make it interesting each time, but light enough to keep it snappy and quick. Any final thoughts, Mindy? I think you all should go to Kickstarter and back it because it's a great game and... I'm not one for too many games, so I think it's a great game. I think it's a great game to play with people, um, you know. <laughs> if you know Mindy, a Mindy endorsement actually goes a long way. <laughs> it is true. Also, I think for the base game, it's one to four players, which is a good size. Mm -hmm. Obviously, when we have normal times, it's hard for us to get just it's four. It's a little tight. I have way too many people who play board games, so my group size yes. is always kind of over four as you're kind of getting to it. And that'll segue into some of the stretch options that are going to be in the Kickstarter. Our additional modules for the game, we did mess around with them a little bit. They have solo rules and spirit rules, and essentially it's how to create an AI player so we could play just the two of us with four players, essentially, and see where we are with some AI make those action sections a little bit tighter mm -hmm. um, but you can do that with solo as well they're going to be adding a fifth player module to it doesn't really change the game the base game is kind of set up to be able to absorb five players the only difference is each section only has five actions to claim so in a full five player game whoever is that fifth player getting that last pick they don't even get a choice it's like you still get to do something but like that's it that's all you get in a four player game it'll at least be an a or b choice yeah and then they're adding a potential fourth spirit to the island, which adds some different Islander cards. And those were really cool and interesting because they were a new type of Islander card. And then they added a second island that you can go to as a secondary board, adding its own spirit and its own different mechanics. But it nests right into it. And all of three of those modules can be mixed, matched, added, dropped as you need. And I feel that's a smart design. I always like games that I can pick and choose what sort of tweaks and add-ons and customizations because not all customizations are for everybody. Mm -hmm. Keep an eye out on the Kickstarter for all that because the complete Buru package is going to be kind of fun. But the base game alone without any extra frills is also really good. So yeah. I think it's great for a family, you know, mm -hmm. especially if you got some older kids and stuff like that. I think this is a great one. I know it says 60 to 75 minutes. I don't think I ever felt like it was 60 to 75 minutes. Not after our first game. <laughs> Not after the first one, yeah. Our learning game took probably closer to that 75 minute mark. Mm -hmm. But I want to say we were under an hour for every consecutive game after that. Being two players. Yes. Adding third, fourth players. You're probably going to hit that sweet 60 to 75 minute mark once everybody knows how to play. Because it's quick to teach and once you're playing, you just keep playing. So. Yeah. But it enough. never felt long either, no. which is the nice thing. You know, you're constantly doing something, so you get through it, and before you know it, you're on your fifth round, and it's your last hey. one, and you're like, ah. Uh. Time to score. <laughs> Time to score. Uh-oh, what am I doing? Did I get enough points? No, 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 I did not. No, yeah. 
but I think it was really good. I think just a nice feeling to be able to like keep playing and not waiting and mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So. Well, that sums up our thoughts from Tabletop Arcanum's review of Buru from Crafty Games. Keep an eye out on our social media. So that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, also Twitch and YouTube for video content. We will let you know where Buru is when they go live. Also definitely check out Crafty Games on pretty much all of those same platforms and they will be blasting announcements. Crafty has a newsletter, you can sign up for that. That's how I learned about Buru the first time. So definitely interesting and fun. Check them out. Until next time, this has been Justin. And Mindy. Happy gaming. Happy gaming. Tabletop Arcanum produced by Justin Taylor. This episode was hosted by Justin Taylor and Mindy Taylor. Mixing and editing by Richard Geese. Original theme by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. Check the description for this episode's featured background music. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow. And leave us a review if you would. As always, thanks for listening.